0: This podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not to be construed or substituted for professional and personal medical advice. Consult your doctor before initiating
1: any medical therapy, natural or otherwise. Hello, this is Dr. Rachel Culliton. I am a licensed naturopathic physician in Washington State. My practice is specialized in pediatric wellness and chronic care in our kiddos. Focus a lot on foundations of health, minimizing toxins around us, as well as, you know, toxins in us. So food sensitivity, food allergies, looking at where our food is coming from. That is a huge, huge, huge part of my practice. Um, A lot of what I do has been inspired by my son, and you'll hear all about him and his health history, I'm sure, as we go through these podcasts. In my personal life, let's see, So I have a a three-and-a-half-year-old boy. He keeps me on my toes. He's super active, and I'm married to a nursing student. He will be graduating in June, and we are so excited for him to be done. School during this time is just crazy. So yeah, that's me. A little bit about uh, the practice, and I'm excited to do this podcast and have you guys join us. Thank you.
0: Hello, I'm Dr. Alexis Banducci. I'm a licensed naturopathic doctor, certified lactation consultant, and a doula. I'm also a mother to a crazy two-year-old toddler and soon to be a mom of two. Additionally, I'm also a military spouse and a fur baby mama. Currently, we live in the windy state of Oklahoma. In my practice, I specialize in women's health. So anything from preconception, fertility, pregnancy, and postpartum, menopause, Really, just anything hormone-related. I also specialize in digestive health with an emphasis on SIBO and autoimmune conditions. My practice is 90% telehealth or virtual consultations, and in what little spare time I have, I love gardening, hiking, and I am definitely a crazy plant lady. I hear you. Can you hear me? Yes. Yay! technology sometimes
1: so i have to tell you i'm hiding in a closet so i don't know if there's a lot of echo
0: you sound pretty good to me
1: okay okay (laughs) sweet
0: wonderful welcome to mama's munchies and little monsters this is our third episode yay woo um Thank you to anyone who's given us a listen and um, rated us five stars or left a review, either on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. We definitely appreciate it. Um, that's one key way we can get more people listening to this podcast and getting some good information. So, thank you all for that. <laughs> um. And topic for today, we are going to be discussing eczema and psoriasis. So um, we figured this is a pretty timely topic. Um, Both do tend to flare as we head into the winter months. So um, we'll be offering our perspectives on those things and um, tips and tricks uh, that we've used with our patience. And yeah, that's what I have to say. Um, I figure it might make more sense for you to start um, with eczema because I think that there might be some stuff I can build off of for um, talking about psoriasis if you're open to it. I promise I won't make you start talking every podcast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It would be nice to listen first, but no, I think that's good. I'm excited to learn more about psoriasis because it's not really in my wheelhouse, um, but I know lots about eczema. So first off, like what is eczema? It's (laughs) in kiddos, um, it's itchy skin. A lot of times it looks like little circles of itchy skin or it's a dry kind of rashy area. Um, It presents in so many different ways. And I think a lot of times it's kind of overdiagnosed and underdiagnosed at the same time, which is really frustrating. There's different types of eczema and each type has its own diagnosis, right? Like eczema on the body is different than eczema on the head or on the hands. But ultimately, um, I address it all the same way. And what I start with is looking at the four common causes of eczema in kiddos, especially by, you know, this is applicable to adults as well. So I'll just kind of run through those. Um, the, in kiddos under age five, there's a surprising statistic that 30% of those kiddos with eczema also have a food allergy. So I'm not talking like "Mm, they get tummy aches from dairy. I'm talking, you know, peanut allergy where classically in adults or even in, you know, some kiddos who have severe peanut allergies, it presents as like hives and itching and not able to breathe and swollen mouth and um, vomiting. But I have kiddos walk in my office all the time who are head to toe eczema, and it presents in a way that I would call allergic eczema, where these kiddos they break out in hives after they've eaten food, but not severe hives, just enough to be like, oh, that's not normal, and then the hives turn into just dry, itchy plaques, essentially. Um, I had a kiddo, gosh, about a year ago now came in like that. And mom had been to their PCP. They'd been to, so that's a primary care physician or pediatrician. Uh, they went to the allergists in the area and every single provider was like, oh, it's just eczema. Don't worry about it. Well, I did, um, food allergy testing on him and he came back allergic to peanuts and dairy. Um, cut out both of those foods and his eczema cleared up. That mom took the kiddo back to the allergist and was like, hey, um, not cool, guys. And still the allergist said, oh, well, you know, the level of his reactivity. I still want to have cut those foods out. And a mom was telling me this story and she was just like flabbergasted. She's like, I can't believe it. Like, look at his skin now. He's completely clear and he has food allergies and the allergist is telling me to feed him the food allergies even though he gets covered head to toe in eczema
0: Hmm.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to say
0: that that's not common but um, I'm
1: like that's so common and it's so frustrating I experienced the same thing with my own son like he had a weird weird allergy to coconut but then he was also allergic to um peanuts. And when you're in the conventional medical world, you're just really given the runaround to get into an allergist. It took us six months and like, it, it was just really frustrating. So pretty much that's kind of my first step is like if kiddos have eczema, I rule out food allergies first. Then depending on age, So typically over the age of two, I start looking at food sensitivities. These are different than food allergies because they're not that IgE scary peanut allergy. These are, um, gosh, what do you call them? Like a a slow reaction, kind of chronic. Delayed. Delayed. There we go. Yeah, it's a (laughs) delayed reaction. It's an immune reaction, but it's not the, the swelling that we see with the other. The kiddos that I start looking at this more are the kiddos who have eczema, psoriasis, diarrhea and constipation that come and go, heartburn, especially if they had heartburn as a nursing babe. Mm-hmm. Reflux. Um, <laughs> reflux. A.K.A.
0: reflux. Yes. I was just having a conversation Um with an infant's feeding specialist here in town about how Mm. common um, all of the prescriptions and medications are and how they're getting handed out like candy for babies with reflux. So,
1: yeah, I, Mm. I just had to prescribe um, reflux medication for an infant and I so rarely do that, but I, I, I do prescribe. It's just, it's super rare because usually we can, you know, get to the root cause of what's causing it. And the big thing to remember with the food sensitivities, especially in nursing babes is we're looking at um, mom sensitivity that I find has the biggest effect because we, I I just don't, I don't test infants under age of one for food sensitivities, but it's always related to mom. So we have to figure out what, what mom is sensitive to or allergic to and avoid those. So Back to the food sensitivities, going through that, um, there's a few ways to identify it. There is blood test, which is a pinprick of the finger. I do that in office for kiddos. Um, It's quick. And then there's also, you know, the tried and true true elimination diet, where you eliminate the common allergens and then you reintroduce them. I, I don't do that in kiddos because... I don't believe in putting kids on a limited diet. Uh, I'll refer back to my son a lot, but he was so hard to get to eat any food that having gone through that, I'm like, I will never make a parent like take food away from a kiddo. Um, so I just do the test and then we eliminate from there. Let's see. And then, oh, so going on from that so if you've been working with a provider and you have ruled out food allergies and then food sensitivities the next thing to go to is um skincare products and detergents. I find this to be really one of the biggest causes of eczema it's called atopic dermatitis in individuals um and I'm finding it more now that we have, you know, all these so-called natural and awesome and fragr- fragrance-free and everything-free products. And I have parents walk in all the time that they're like, oh, I'm using this one and it's it, all it is is coconut oil and jojoba oil and yada yada. Um, just because it says it's all natural and great doesn't mean <laughs> that it is good for you or your kiddo. And I have to have that talk so many times because I I was the mom that slathered my kid in coconut oil. Um and you could <laughs> you could practically see my like fingerprints where I'd put the coconut oil up to his shoulders and there was eczema and on his back there was no eczema. Um We just one of it is um we're seeing more allergies and sensitivities to things that we haven't seen before.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Allergies to coconut oil. That's weird. Right. Um, And I think what it is, is that everything is being processed differently. And even though it's only coconut oil or it's only, um, I can't think of another one, but olive oil I guess I don't know soy it's, soy yeah that's a big one even though it's only that we don't mm-hmm. know what it's been processed with and what chemicals were used in that Yep. Yeah. right and it, you and know, I this think is-
0: too as people go towards like wanting quote-unquote natural products that things are infiltrating those products that haven't been before so like coconut yeah. oil was not super common in a lot of things until kind of more recently when people wanted to Um, switched to more natural things and now it's in a ton of things it's in a ton of foods it's in a ton Mm -hmm. of body products laundry detergents like it's getting everywhere so I think yeah you're right like is the exposure to it (laughs) is is increasing it's definitely coming up more than it used to yeah
1: yeah and that's actually that's how I finally figured out that my son was allergic to coconut because I gave him he was trying to do all the right things, and I started giving him vitamin D drops because, you know, that's good for kiddos. Well, it was an MCT oil, which is coconut oil, and he blew up in hives within five minutes of having it. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. And then I realized every time he had anything that had um, a palm derivative in it, he would blow up in hives. And so for about a year, he couldn't eat any processed foods because – Literally everything has like MCT oil or a palm derivative. Um, vitamin A is derived from palm oil. Like, it's just crazy stuff. And yeah, we're seeing it everywhere now. Um, but yeah, so let me see. Where was I at? Sorry. Skin stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, um, it's not just stuff that we're putting on our skin. Uh, think of like detergents, mm. right? Laundry detergents. Those are on your skin all day, every day. And I'm laughing because I went down this rabbit hole again because my son was blowing up in hives again. I'm like, what the heck? Um, we had unknowingly or forgot or whatever switched to Tide laundry detergent. Mm-hmm. And he's straight up allergic to that. <laughs> like, so all of those allergy appointments we're going to be trying to figure out like is it a or dairy again? No, it was just that I forgot.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it gets so easy. I know I'm always asking, um, you know, like oh, what laundry detergent have you switched your laundry detergent um, when rashes come out of nowhere. Um, and it's really easy to forget. I mean, everyone does it.
1: <laughs> it's, it's so hard. And I was just talking to a mom the other day and I was like, what laundry detergent do you use? Do you use? And she goes, oh, well, it's an all natural free and clear one. I'm like the brand all free and clear. No, it was just in the aisle and it, it was said it was free and clear of everything. And I was like, okay, well actually, weirdly, those ones are the worst for eczema. Yeah. Typically. Because back to what we were talking about, they have the things in it that are kind of everywhere right now and we're reacting really bad to. A lot of times they have essential oils in it versus synthetic fragrances, and those can be irritating to the skin. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you really have to go down this rabbit hole of like looking at every single thing you're using in your home, putting on your body, putting near your body, um, to really begin to even scratch the surface, you know, of what's. What's causing there's one resource that I really, really love. It's, um, environmental working group. Maybe we can yes. link that. Yep. I, I really like them because they actually go through and they will tell you whether there is something in that product that is linked to eczema or worse for sensitive skin. I can't remember exactly how it says it, but yeah, it, it, like, gives, it gives you that like itchy profile. Yeah.
0: They have to, um, which I've noticed, um, like they add essential oils in there, not necessarily as a great thing, but because so many people can have allergic responses oh. to them, mm-hmm. that um, having essential oils in a product actually makes it rate worse yeah. um, on the scale. So they kind of rate um, on a, um, I think it's a one to 10 scale um The different products and the constituents that are in or ingredients that are in those products, and so they definitely yeah, it, include essential oils, which you know you think of them as being natural, so maybe they're safer, but um they include it because so many people have topical reactions to it or i' like, like exactly yeah <laughs>
1: reactive <laughs> yeah, and I would say like i've i've seen that firsthand I think it. I mean, think if you have, like, a, a little scratch or something and you put an essential oil on it. That's going to burn, for one.
0: Okay.
1: Um, we were using uh, tea tree soap. And we couldn't figure out, again, why Why is our sun blowing up in hives? Well, because the tea tree soap was, like, running down his back. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we've had to s- stop using that one. I have seen certain eczema creams, like – by really reputable companies that I love, but they use certain like lavender essential oil. As soon as you put it on skin, that's already kind of irritated and inflamed. It's just going to blow up a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I like that stuff on non-broken skin. You know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. But the big things just to kind of list them out, if you guys are curious too. So ingredients to avoid would be, be glycolic acid and salicylic acid we think of salicylic acid for um like acne treatment both of those dry out and irritate the skin the new um big guy in in care is i can't say oh my gosh retinol Mm -hmm. that also dries out and irritates the skin definitely yeah uh, coconut and MCT oil; those are drying. We think of them as like moistening or making things nice and awesome, but they're really drying. Yeah. And then, um, of course, our paraben-containing products, our methyl parabens and butyl parabens, those cause inflammation. And then, of course, fragrances can trigger eczema. Like we said, any fragrances, whether it's natural, synthetic, essential oil. Okay, so after we've kind of gone through those first three, making sure there's no food allergies, there's uh, food sensitivities that have been addressed, that everything you're putting on your skin or on your kiddo's skin isn't aggravating, if you're still seeing flares or you're not seeing the kind of resolution you want, you're going to have to look quite a bit deeper into the black box of environmental allergens. (laughs) And... (laughs) I say black box because it is like anything and everything in and around you essentially. So, and I guess I shouldn't just say environment and allergens, it should be just environmental triggers. Mm -hmm. So when we think allergens, you know, those are seasonal pollen, dust mites, pet dander, mold, but there's also um, cold and flu season. Those are going to affect our immune system in a same but different way where we're uh, stimulating the immune system to react. And what is eczema? It's a autoimmune condition, essentially. So we're going to see flares. Um, also just uh, stress, right? So like an environmental stress, whether it's the cold or warm season change or it's like your own life stress that's going to affect our immune system and trigger eczema. Uh, What else? I'm looking at my notes. Um, Also to go back,
0: I think for, um, to refer to episode uh, one, we talked about, um, kind of the pandemic anxiety and um, talking about the, um, the weight of it on our kiddos. So, you know, you may not think like, oh, they don't go to a job and get stressed out, but, um, you know, especially with the times as they are, Mm -hmm. and things we're going into, they pick it up as well. So even that, um, you know, traditional definition of what you think stress like, oh, I'm so stressed out because my job, it definitely um, is stress can be a present issue for kiddos. Um, Transitions, you know, going from something they're used to, like in person school to at home school, Mm -hmm. um, or even just absorbing the stress of the family that they feel their parents having. So, um, stress applies to, unfortunately applies to all of us and it applies to kiddos. And if you haven't listened to our first episode, definitely go back and we give some tips um, and ideas in there about, um, stress and management for helping, helping kiddos manage. So,
1: yeah, one thing I've seen a lot kind of with this pandemic is an increase in kind of random hives. And it, not, not in kiddos who have any food allergies, food sensitivities or anything like that. They're getting, um, histamine reactions from stress. <laughs> yes. Uh, and so it's like, what, what do you do about that? Yeah. Um, so many
0: things. Not to get off topic, but also with kiddos, um, digestive issues are sometimes yeah. a signal of that too. So I'm sure we'll do a digestive. I know I was... round up at some point, but just to hint for future. Uh, episodes, continue listening. We got, we'll get into a lot of really good topics in the future.
1: I know. I'm like, I feel like a bad, um, naturopathic physician for not talking about leaky gut and how it pertains to eczema, but that is like a whole thing. Yes. Um, so I'm trying to stay really focused <laughs> on just, um, helping you guys start to identify what's maybe causing your eczema Yes. and all of the things I talked about, there's things we can do. Um, there's ways to support the body to heal this. I don't like hearing that. Oh, I just got eczema. Oh, you know, I've just always had it and it's going to be with me for forever. That's not a a good outlook. Um, Eczema is your body's way of being like, okay, you got to listen to me. There's something happening inside and it's causing inflammation and I feel yucky. So I'm going to make your skin itchy until you start to pay attention. And -hmm. it's just going to be this vicious cycle. so So, That's my soapbox.
0: (laughs) I like it. Um, What do you got on psoriasis? I'm excited. (laughs) All right, psoriasis. So, um, again, psoriasis is another condition of the skin. Uh, We're kind of staying on topic with skin conditions. Um, It is a pretty common condition for a lot of people, Um, just to touch on what you just said, a lot of times people, um, will say they've had it and they've always had it and they just kind of live with it. Um, and you know, I'll explain a little bit more about what it is, um, in a second, but, um, that doesn't always have to be your fate or it doesn't always have to be something that's in the forefront of your mind. Um, so what it is is again, um, the reason it kind of goes along with eczema is it still has some of that redness, that itching, um, on the skin. It's really common on like the trunk and the elbows and the knees. The scalp is another really common place for it. Or, um, like in skin folds, um, where kind of skin meets other skin, um, and, fingernails actually, um, is another common place. And it looks like kind of, um, very dry plaque. So like a plaque is kind of like a, a larger surface area of something, um, in psoriasis, they can be kind of silvery and scaly. Um, so, you know, some similar attributes to eczema. So that's why it's kind of important to, um, you know, see your doctor, your naturopathic doctor, or otherwise to get a proper diagnosis for, you know, what you're dealing with. Not that there's, um, you know, a huge diversion of things you can do, um, that are different from like, let's say eczema. Um, but there are a few key nuances, um, for psoriasis that we look at, um, that are slightly different from eczema. So you kind of want to know, you kind of want to know what you're working towards um, and it helps you to better figure out what the root cause of what is happening. um, If you know, can I ask a question? Sure. Hopefully I have an answer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I know in school we were taught to really differentiate the two between um, or by like what area of the body they're on so like psoriasis on your elbow, the surface that you put on a table, whereas eczema kind of in the pit of your elbow, yep. right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess I should, yeah. So in, what about the backs of hands? That's what I was going to ask.
0: Um. You know, I think that um, for at least psoriasis, like those are the most common areas, but it can happen anywhere. So it can be on the backs of your hands. It's just in quote in quotes like more common areas. Okay. Um, so you know there isn't a way you can say like oh no if it's on the back of the hands it's definitely not psoriasis. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know when you're kind of trying to parcel out which one it it might be if you see it in these classic places on the body, you can kind of feel a little bit more confident that you might be going more in the psoriasis direction, especially if you have a few gotcha. other things on
1: top of that. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Working with kiddos, I'm like, eczema is just like everywhere on the body. Yeah. It's definitely not <laughs> confined.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, the boxes they teach us in medical school just go out the window yep.
1: Uh, yep. when
0: you're working with real people. Um, yeah. So psoriasis is not as common in smaller kiddos. So the window for um, when it's most common is actually 15 to 35. Uh Um, So, you know, our young adults, teenagers, um, that's um, the more likely spot you'll see the um, psoriasis starting to come into play. Um, There's a few things that I can see guests that come into that as well talk about those um but the other big thing about um psoriasis which is the same with eczema is that you can have flares and then remissions of it so you can have um you know flares from uh changes in season uh from other underlying causes I'm going to get to in a second or um you know exposure to sun not enough exposure to sun (laughs) um (laughs) And really the kind of thing you're looking to address, um, with psoriasis, um, is figuring out, um, some of the root causes so that you can keep it in the remission, um, stage, excuse me, um, and have less of the flare, um, incidences happening. So that's always the goal when treating psoriasis, um, You know, you can't 100% avoid flares, um, but we can mitigate them and make them a lot less serious and common (laughs) or frequent. I mean, I meant to say frequent. So the big thing um, for psoriasis is that um, it has a huge um, autoimmune component. So again, we'll probably do some autoimmune (laughs) episodes coming up, but just to touch on that a little bit, um, the very most basic um, definition or, um, yeah, definition, I guess, of of autoimmunity is when your immune system um, begins attacking parts of itself. So um, your immune system is supposed to recognize foreign and self, um, and it's not supposed to attack itself, its own body, and it's supposed to attack anything that's foreign. Well, when you have um, autoimmunity happening, that's when your immune system no longer is differentiating between foreign and self, and it begins attacking different aspects of the self. In psoriasis, that is skin. Um, So it's kind of a huge umbrella term that can encompass a lot of things, but we'll be talking about it here um, as... Um, attacking the skin. Um, Another big thing with psoriasis is there are genetic factors that play into it. So um, if one of your parents has um, psoriasis, then um, that child um, as they grow up or as a child is 8% more likely to have psoriasis than anyone else who didn't have a parent with psoriasis. Um, If both parents have psoriasis, then that child is 41% more likely to develop psoriasis. So there's definitely a genetic component. I didn't um, get a chance to do a ton of research into like what specific genetic component. (laughs) Um, Trust me, I go down those rabbit holes. But just to say that um, if it um, is common in your family, um, that it may be something that is more common or likely to happen for you. Um, so in addition to, um, autoimmunity, um, it's psoriasis is is also pretty common. Um, well I'll say, so a lot of autoimmune conditions don't like to be alone.
1: (laughs) So they need friends.
0: (laughs) They need another autoimmune condition (laughs) to keep them company. So, um, some of them we see, uh, very commonly going together, um, and, and others, um, It can just be um, fairly random as to which two or more (laughs) autoimmune conditions you have. Um, One uh, that is common for psoriasis is rheumatoid rheumatoid arthritis um, is another um, autoimmune condition affecting um, quite a few things, but commonly joints. So with psoriasis, um, you might have arthritis or joint pain along with that. Um, and that kind of goes back to the autoimmunity
1: that just totally clicked with me like this psoriatic arthritis. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You can tell I see mostly kiddos under age five. (laughs) Um, so, so interesting. (laughs) So yes, um,
0: uh, it kind of, you know, can be a little bit more encompassing than just an irritating rash when you have psoriasis. Um. So uh, let's see, where is I? Okay, um, so some other um, underlying factors, we've got genetics, we've got um, autoimmunity, um, which are very tied together also in the sense that um, there's genetic components in, um, in autoimmune conditions, and the way the autoimmune is built, so you get that a little bit from your parents, also um, environmental triggers, um, triggers throughout your life alter the way your immune system functions, that's called epigenetics. So um, again, there's kind of a pretty complicated root cause in psoriasis. Some other ones um, for females, uh, hormonal factors can come into play. So having um, a hormonal system, it's like I said, it's common in the ages 15 to 35 which also tends to be our most common um, time frame for female cycling hormones. So you get uh, Menarche or when you get your period somewhat around 15, although it's getting earlier. Um, and then um, you're kind of a little bit on the downside around uh, 35. So um, with those cycling hormones, again, you can have those um, flares and remissions and um If you're having issues with your hormones and hormone balance, um, it's probably not going to be helping your psoriasis. Um, Another um, kind of underlying cause can be viral or bacterial infections. So those can trigger, um, again, with the interplay with your immune system. Obviously, your immune system is fighting. Viral and <laughs> bacterial <laughs> infections. Um, so, um, you know, that autoimmune aspect plus your immune system, all those things is kind of going back to the immune system. Um, a couple of lifestyle factors are excessive alcohol consumption, um, obesity, and uh, stress. So <laughs> always comes back to stress. Um, I did mention um, flares again with um, sunlight variations um, or, uh, temperature changes too. So some of those things are going to be triggers, um, not necessarily like root causes. Hmm. Um, so what can we do to help? So, um, obviously you've heard me say the word immune (laughs) and immune system a (laughs) million times. So, um, working with the immune system, figuring out how to tone down that autoimmune response, um, Figuring out the root cause of that autoimmune response wherever possible um, is going to be really important. Um, and because there are so many, um, it's so multifactorial in the um, root causes or triggers, um, you definitely need to take a whole body approach. So a lot of times when you see your PCM which is what it's called in in the military world. PCP, I'm like, you're what? <laughs> PCP and PCM are the same, um, primary care manager and then primary care physician. So a um, mm. little bit of education there. Um, a lot of times what you're getting when you go um, for treatment of your psoriasis is um, – let's see, most commonly is going to be a steroid. So it could be a topical steroid, depending on how uh, bad your flares are, it could be an oral steroid. um, And it's really only addressing kind of one um, aspect, which is the inflammatory aspect, essentially. Um, And uh, as naturopathic physicians, what um, we look at is we look at that holistic, that whole body response, we look at all the triggering factors, all the things that Uh, maybe worsening or um, causing the psoriasis um, to happen. So you definitely, um, if you want to address the real um, meat of the situation, you want someone (laughs) who's going to be looking at all of those factors, Um, you know, working with the, addressing the immune system, hormones, um, infections, all of those sorts of things, the lifestyle factors in order to really get a handle on your psoriasis. So um, the one thing I didn't mention is also, um, uh, mostly because you talked about it a lot is food <laughs> sensitivities. So they also come into play here, um, in terms of, um, being able to kind of mitigate the, uh, flares, um, of psoriasis. So definitely making sure you're managing your, um, your food sensitivities, getting your food sensitivities tested. Um, if you're in the adult range, you can do that elimination diet, which is the gold standard for, um, for food sensitivities, is to do an elimination diet. It's not fun, um, hence why Dr. Carlton mentioned not doing it in kiddos. <laughs> um, but um, as adults, uh, that is the gold standard, although not everyone goes that route. So um, managing that, uh, healing the gut, working on your stress. Balancing those hormones again if you're female. um, uh, One thing, too, is that um, there's a lot of resources that naturopathic physicians have for treating the symptoms of um, psoriasis. So, treating the plaques and the scale, the scaliness. Um, So, while we're Working on trying to get to the root causes and those triggers under control. We're also obviously trying to decrease the um, outward aspect and the physical symptom of having those um, that rash and that um, plaque and irritation for the skin. Um, so that's going to be really important: adrenal health um, with stress management. Uh, Making sure you're getting adequate rest and um, sufficient exercise. Um, There's some research as well in um, a diet that's higher in carotin, carotinin, (laughs) carotins, food based carotins. And so those are things like carrots, carotenoids, (laughs) (laughs) carrots, the root of the words carotene. Um, sweet potatoes, winter squash, spinach, kale, cantaloupe, apricots. So some things that look orange and some things that are green. (laughs) I like to say the orange things, but then there's always like kale always just gets thrown in there. So it's like, okay, well,
1: I always orange, forget about the kale. Yeah. Orange
0: orange things and kale. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then um, zinc and vitamin D. So um, again, uh, we, I mentioned triggers with not enough sun and too little sun. So making sure that you're not vitamin D deficient, that you have healthy um, vitamin D levels is going to be important. And in some cases, that'll have to be supplemental if sunlight is a trigger for for you for your psoriasis. Um, I said zinc, right? Yes, zinc. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then another thing, which I'm sure we will get to at some point, um, talking about for naturopathic medicine, but also, um, something that can work for symptom treatment for psoriasis is homeopathy. So, um, if you're unsure of what homeopathy is, um, maybe just stay tuned and we'll get into that in another episode. (laughs) Um, but, uh, that can be another one for symptom management, primarily. Um, well, I can also address some of the root causes. But um, yeah, there's definitely a role for that in um, helping with psoriasis. So I think, let me double check my notes. I'm pretty sure that's all I have on the topic of psoriasis. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's really it's something that I see very frequently people just deal with. Um, and they just slather on the steroid cream that's given to them by their doctor, um, and deal with it, uh, which is unfortunate <laughs> because it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. It does, and it does take work, but it doesn't have to be that way.
1: I uh, realized I'm like, Oh, I didn't even talk about steroid cream and how many prescriptions I see come through my office with kiddos who have steroid cream for eczema, um, it's just masking it. It's masking what's really happening, and it's not helping. Yeah. If if we look at the statistics, even in um, kiddos, I realize I'm like, wow, I didn't even touch on this, and this is why I, you know, push treating eczema so much. Is that if you have a infant under age of three who has eczema, they are 50 I'm looking at it up 50 to 70% more likely than a kiddo without eczema to uh, develop asthma mm-hmm. and we see that especially in our kiddos who've been treated with uh, steroid creams because all you're doing is you're just suppressing that immune reaction on the skin but that immune reaction is still happening in the body where's the next place it's going to go airways. That's kind of how the body works. Like the airways is our next kind of detox or very highly susceptible to inflammation. Uh, I was looking at, um, gosh, the Allergy and Asthma, American Academy of Allergy and Asthma. And they have a lot of really good statistics on that. Um, I was going to read a couple, but I can't really... Yeah, yeah. The, um,
0: allergy, what is it? Allergies, eczema, and asthma. <laughs> it's the trifecta.
1: Yeah. And then they're even adding, um, it's a new, it's like the atopic March, I think is what they call it. Something like that. It's allergy. So food allergies, seasonal allergies, eczema, asthma, allergic rhinitis, AKA these seasonal allergies. They, they change. I feel like they change what they call it all the time. Um, but even, yeah, infants with um, eczema and allergic sensitization were 12 times more likely to develop allergic rhinitis, so runny nose, compared to kids without either. Um, kids who have both the eczema and the allergic sen- sensitization were 7 times more likely to develop asthma by the time they turned 3 than a kiddo without either. So it's like, as soon as you get that eczema in bed, it's like you have to address it because it's gonna go down this rabbit hole of just kinda adding on other things until you start to really pay attention to what's causing it.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've seen kiddos given steroid creams and they like literally don't do anything. <laughs> nope. <laughs> like, like you're just putting it on your kid for almost no reason and hoping that it'll help. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, one of the things I did want to mention too in bridging psoriasis and, and kind of its autoimmunity is that's why it's super important um, to make sure you're addressing these things in your kiddos. Um, <laughs> go see Dr. Um, yes. You Yeah. Know, see a naturopathic doctor who works with this stuff
1: um, and who works with kiddos. Yeah. Like that. That's key. I see kiddos so many times who have worked with, um, holistic providers who mostly do adults and it's, it's different. Yeah. So make sure that they're really well-versed in kids. There's
0: just nuances that I don't think, um, that get, get glossed over a little bit. Um, but you know, just say like addressing that immune system, um, reactivity, um, in kiddos is partially what's going to prevent, um, further issues with autoimmunity in adults.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So everything that I'm talking about in um, psoriasis, even though, you know, it's more commonly in when you're slightly older, um, really addressing the <laughs> the kiddos is yeah. what's a huge they're being, yeah, They're it, being primed. It's um, a lot easier. <laughs> I wanted to say it, it's easy, but it's a little bit easier when you can address those things when they first start than when you... Um, are an adult and you have layers and layers and layers and layers of other things that need to be unpacked and and figured out as well. So, yeah.
1: um, As adults, we're just, we're super complex and we have way more contributing factors that are affecting our health that have built up over decades. Um, Starting as kiddos. (laughs) Starting as kiddos and as naturopathic physicians, we're, really good at peeling back those layers and really getting to the root cause. Um, I honestly, I don't really see it in other professions being as good and, um, gosh, we don't give up. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things, one of the reasons why I love working with kiddos too, um, when I get the chance is that, um, you know, fixing some a kiddo fixing those issues young is really contributing to their health long term. And, um, in a lot of ways, um, you know, if something's chronic, I, that's, that's a whole different story <laughs> working with a kiddo with chronic mm-hmm. issues, but, you know, working in some, with some of the more, um, everyday type of things, kiddos, um, do tend to respond, um, better. They don't have those layers, yeah. As many of those layers to unpack as, as adults tend to. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. Kiddos are, are literally like what we put on their body, in their body, and where they live. Like, if we can affect those three things, we're going to have really good results in kiddos. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's like,
0: that's I just. Gonna, at...
1: That's going to fix
0: most things. And most if, things. Yeah. If there's anything outside of that, go we'll see Dr. Colton. <laughs> yes. Yes.
1: But yeah, Wh- whoever's listening to this, like, think of like your chronic issues you got going on. And like, think of when that started. Like I have eczema and I know that started when I was a kid and it was never addressed. Yeah. Absolutely. I see that so often. So
0: yeah, working with adults, I, there's definitely things that happened as a kiddo come up still Mm -hmm. um, when you're, when you're working on, on those triggers and those root causes. So um, it's definitely really important.
1: Got to get to the bottom of it guys.
0: Yep. Unfortunately there isn't a magic pill or always an easy solution. <laughs> there's not? <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> um but there is something that can be done. So there's yes. there's a silver lining, there's our hope <laughs> to yes. end this to end the show on.
1: There's um, always something you can do to improve your health. Always. Yes. Um well that's all I've got. That's all I got, so awesome.
0: Well, um, we have a few topics um, of our own lined up, but if anyone um, would like to suggest a topic for us, um, you can email us, mamasmunchieslittlemonsters at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at mamasmunchieslittlemonsters um, and send us a message there. You can always message Dr. Culleton or myself on Instagram or Facebook, um, I'm at Strong Foundations Natural Health. Dr. Okay. Colleton's
1: at Dr. Rachel Colleton. <laughs> Super simple, easy. Actually, if you go to my profile, uh, you go to my link tree, you can click and get a free guide to eczema free skin. It's like yes. a nice little concise summary of what I talked about. Um, do it. Definitely do yes. it. It's beautiful,
0: easy to read, something you can put on your refrigerator. Um, definitely get that. Sign up for um, Dr. Colleton's email list.
1: Um, do you have an email list going?
0: <laughs> I do, <laughs> yes. I have one on my website. It's it's um, in the process of getting optimized, but you can sign up um, on my website, which is www.strongfoundationsnaturalhealth.com. Um, I do believe I have a link to it, um, on my link tree and my Instagram as well. Um, but, uh, for me, it's, it's still a bit of a work in progress. I'll get there. (laughs) I'll get there. Hopefully before this second baby arrives, (laughs) that's the deadline. That's the deadline folks. Um, all right. Well, have a wonderful day, and thanks everyone for listening. And, Thank you, guys. Um, again, give us ratings. Give us five stars if you're enjoying this information. And we should be back in a week, two weeks at the most. Cut us some slack. We're both busy <laughs> parents <laughs> and business owners, so we're doing our best to get them out, get these uh, shows out in a reliable fashion. Um, Literally hiding in a closet to do this today. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Good one. Talk to you Bye, later. Bye, guys. Bye.